welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. For those who are listening for the first time, I'm JD. My blog is at sexwithinmarriage.com, and I write about married sexuality from a Christian perspective. And today, we're going to be talking about seven dirty fighting techniques that should not exist in your marriage. I, I once heard it said that the definition of conflict is two people in the same zip code. Well, in marriage, the two people are a lot closer than that, and this inevitably spawns conflict. Now, conflict isn't bad. In fact, conflict can be good and healthy. Conflict forces us to grow, uh, to see another person's perspective, you know, and to seek unselfish solutions. But if conflict is dealt with in an unhealthy manner, then it can be damaging. So today I'm going to share with you seven damaging conflict behaviors that you might recognize in your own marriage. And if you do recognize any of these, uh, you should start working to get rid of them in your relationship starting today. So the first one is called kitchen sinking. And kitchen sinking is when you start having an argument about one thing and all of a sudden everything else kind of gets brought into it. So let's say your spouse leaves their shoes right in the front door and you trip over them and you tell them, hey, I don't like the way you leave your shoes in the door and you never put the juice back in the fridge, and you never fill up the gas tank in the car, and you never put your keys away, and this, and this, and this. And that's called kitchen sinking, when you're just kind of you're throwing everything at them. And this is a bad conflict behavior because it doesn't really talk about what you're really upset about. You were upset about the shoes, and if you throw all this other stuff about it, you're not really discussing the shoes anymore. What you're trying to do is bury your spouse in all the things that you're angry with them about. Uh, and the whole point of this kind of tactic is, is kind of to utterly decimate your spouse, you know, to make them feel beaten and broken and to push them down and to make them feel like they're not on the same playing field as you are. And, that's a very kind of dirty technique um, that we sometimes use in marriage is to, to try to get our way in something or to try to hammer home that, no, you're wrong and I'm right or I'm better than you. So if you find yourself doing this behavior, uh, stop, uh, go back to what you're originally discussing, you know, work on one topic at a time. And then if you can resolve that one, then maybe bring up the other ones. Or if things are getting a little too heated, you know, maybe wait and bring them up at another time. The second bad behavior is called self-summarizing. And self-summarizing is, well, when you keep summarizing yourself over and over again. So you may, again, using the same argument about the shoes in the door, you may say, you know, you never put your shoes away. They're always in the front door and I trip over them. And uh, your spouse may say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I left my shoes in the doorway, I had my arms full, and I was just bringing stuff into the kitchen or something like that. And as a response, you just say, no, you're not listening to me. You left your shoes in the way. And no matter what they say, you just kind of keep bringing back the same thing that you've said before. You're not really listening to what they're saying. You're just trying to drive home your point. Uh, and in effect, you're basically saying that, you know, you don't care what their arguments are. You don't care what they're saying. You don't care about the reasons or any rationalization. You just want to nail them with this thing. So if you recognize yourself doing this in your conflicts, uh, the best thing to do is to stop self-summarizing. In fact, a good communication technique is to summarize what the other person is saying. So 
if they say, oh, I was carrying stuff in and uh, into the kitchen, you know, you could say something like, oh, uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's hard to put away your shoes when you're carrying stuff in. Is that what you're saying? And that way you show that you're actually interested in what you're saying. You're trying to understand what their viewpoint is. And then you can actually have a conversation like adults about, oh, how can we fix this? Or, you know, maybe you shouldn't have blown up and you should have moved the shoes out of the way for them since they are so nice to bring all the groceries in. Our third one is uh, it's called presumptive attributions. And that's a really big two words to say. Basically, you're telling your spouse why they're doing the things that they're doing. You know, so if we go back to the shoes and the door, you know, if they they leave their shoes by the door and you say, you know, you always leave your shoes on the door because you want me to trip and hurt myself. Now, that's a presumptive attribution. You're telling them why they do the thing. And chances are they're not trying to trip you. They're definitely not trying to hurt you. They're just, maybe they forgot. And maybe they're always busy. Maybe they just don't think it's that important to move them to the side. But the point is, you can't really guess their motivations for anything that they do. And if you try, uh, you're basically trying to tell them that you're smarter than they am, that you know exactly what they're thinking or why they're doing the things that they're doing. So if you catch yourself doing this, uh, the best way to turn this around is not to make presumptive attributions, but instead ask them why they did something, you know to say, can I ask you, why do you leave your shoes in the door all the way? Because I find it's a struggle for me because I always trip over them. And they may tell you, oh, I never really thought about it. I'm sorry. And they might work to change. The next bad behavior is called cross-complaining. And cross-complaining is uh, basically hitting back. If I complain to you about your shoes being in the door, you're going to complain back at me that I never restock the toilet paper or something like that. The whole idea is to kind of deflect and not to deal with a real issue, to not take responsibility for your part in the conflict, but instead try to, you know, one up your spouse to say, oh, no, you think I'm bad? You know, you're even worse kind of thing. So instead of doing this, you know, we should accept responsibility for, you know, our part in whatever conflict there is in our marriage. You know, if your spouse comes to you and says, you always leave your shoes in the doorway, you say, you know what, I I do leave my shoes in the doorway a lot, and I'm sorry for that. And then once that whole conflict is settled, then you could bring up, hey, by the way, can I ask you a question about something that I notice you doing? You know, and that way you're not cross-complaining, you're dealing with one issue at a time, and then now that you've dealt with it like adults, you, you can bring up another one to deal with like adults. The fifth ineffective communication uh, behavior I see out there is called uh, closed questioning. And closed questioning is uh, when you're asking closed-ended questions. They're questions that uh, you can't give a right answer, or there's only one right answer to give. An example of this would be uh, walking up to your spouse and saying, you know, what kind of an idiot do you have to be to leave your shoes in the doorway all the time? Uh, you can't you can't answer that. Uh, you either say, oh, you're not an idiot, and that means, well, you're doing it on purpose, or you're saying you don't know what kind of an idiot, so you must be some kind. You know, the, there is no good way to answer that question, uh, and it draws them into an argument. It, usually this is done as a very, like, heavy-handed uh, way to kind of beat down your spouse and to not show them respect, but instead... Uh, yeah, push them down and make them feel uh, inadequate or smaller or, or not as valued as you are. So if you recognize yourself doing these uh, closed questioning 
behaviors, the best way to do is to turn around and ask more open-ended questions. You know, ask, hey, dear, why is it that you leave your shoes in the doorway? And that way they, they can explain to you what the reason is and, and maybe you can work out a solution that helps both of you. Our sixth bad behavior is called prescriptioning. And that is when you start telling your spouse what they need to do or what they should do without them wanting advice or asking for your advice. And you're clearly just telling them, no, you should do this because I'm smarter than you are. And apparently you can't figure this out for yourself. So this would be with our shoe example, you know, your spouse, you come across the shoes and then you call up to your spouse and you say, you know what, you need to put your shoes over there every single time. You know, chances are they know where the shoes go. That's not the issue. But telling them this is what you need to do or this is what you should do, you know, that's you're treating them like a little kid as if they don't understand the instructions or they don't understand where things go properly. And so the opposite of this would be, you know, of course, let them make their own decisions about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Uh, you can express your opinion to say, hey, I would really like it if you could put your shoes over here and this is why. And they may come back, well, you know, I really like it when my shoes are over here and this is why. And then you can talk about it. And the last one that I see is called hidden running. And it's just like a hit and run in a car where you come up to your spouse and say, you know, Oh, you always leave your shoes in the doorway and then you leave the house and slam the door behind you or something like that. Or you leave the room or you stop listening. And you know, that's not, that's not good communication. You're not really looking for an answer or a resolution. You just quickly want to jump in, smack them in the nose and then jump back out again before they can even realize that they're in an argument. So of course the solution to this is don't hit and run. You know, if you're going to bring up a conflict, uh, something that needs to be discussed, then stay in the discussion until you resolve it. Or if you need to take a break, then take a break, but then at least have the decency to say, hey, I need a break to clear my head or to calm down. Can we pick this up in 10 minutes or in an hour or tomorrow or whatever? But just walking out of the house or leaving the room or shutting down, you know, that's not helping anyone and it's not helping to resolve your conflict whatsoever. So there you go. There are seven of the kind of bad behaviors uh, I see in marriages. And I've seen these in our own marriage before we really started to focus on our communication. So I know you do some of these uh, because we still do some of these. Now, of course, the inevitable question is, what do I do with my spouse when they're doing it? You know, let's say you learn not to do these things, but your spouse is still doing them. Well, one thing you could do is share this podcast with them and say, hey, I I want to start working on better communication with you so that we can communicate more effectively so we can have, you know, uh, more discussions and less fights. And then listen to this podcast and then decide together that, you know, we are both going to try to stop these behaviors and we give each other permission to call each other on them to be in the middle of an argument and say, hey, your kitchen sinking or you're cross complaining. And if someone calls you on that, then you have to be able to say, yes, you're right. I am doing that. And I promised I wouldn't. And then you need to change your behavior. And that can be really difficult to do in the middle of an argument, but it can be done. And we've done it in our own marriage that we've called each other out and said, no, you should not be doing that. You're doing this. And, uh, 
it it really works, especially when you've both made a commitment not to do these things anymore. Now, if you really want to get serious about this, uh, head over to the website, uh, check out this week's podcast. This is episode 20. Uh, there's a link in there for a family contract that lists uh, these things, uh, kitchen sinking, self-summarizing, presumptive attributions, cross-complaining, close questioning, prescriptioning, and hidden running. And uh, it basically states, and very simply, that you're not going to engage in these behaviors anymore and that you agree to be held accountable anytime by anyone without retribution. Uh, watch how fast your communication structures change in your marriage when your little kids are calling you on kitchen sinking. Uh, <laughs> if you want to change quickly, you know, embarrassment is one way to do it. <laughs> so I encourage you to download this thing, stick it on your fridge, get everyone in the family to sign it, and uh, then let it work. So that's it for this podcast. We'll talk to you next week with another topic. And in the meantime, uh, you can head over to the blog, check out this week's marriage challenge. And if you have a question of your own that you'd like to ask, uh, you can either head over to the blog and check out our have a question page, or you can check out uh, the podcast page at sexwithinmarriage.com slash podcast and write a question there. And I'll do my best to answer it on the podcast. Uh, I also just added a new feature on the website. There's a button on the side that you can click and actually leave us a voicemail. Just installed it tonight. Uh, and I'm looking forward to somebody using that at some point. And hopefully if I get a question on it, uh, I might be able to use it on the podcast if I can figure out how to splice it in. So that's it for now. And we will see you next Wednesday.